0: You can't just chuck everyone in the same place and expect that all of that will happen. What you have to weigh up is that if you bring people into a space where they typically do their day-to-day task-focused work, they are gonna think in a task-focused way. What are the opportunities that you see from getting people together? These should be strategic vehicles that really work hard for your business the innovation that you're seeing, the effectiveness of your strategy for your business, all of those things can can be affected pretty massively. Working remotely remote first doesn't mean always working
1: alone. Hello, Sally, welcome to Hiring on All Cylinders. How are you?
0: Thank you so much for having me. I am feeling great, very excited to be here.
1: Back from Paris, you've got the merch on, ready to go. <laughs>
0: I know, <laughs> I'm living my full founder life. Great, <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. So, um, as the t-shirt kind of hints at, we're going to be talking about offsites yeah. um, today. And you know, I've had a lot of personal experience with various different offsites. You know, doing them ourselves, using different companies. And my experience, like I think anecdotally, a lot of people that are involved in offsites, very hit and miss. You know, it's really hard to get it right. I it's that's really challenging um, to see the impact of. Um, so I thought we could get started in. What do you see as the current kind of challenges with offsites, or um, you know, the things that can be difficult?
0: Yeah, so I think your, you know, your experience echoes a lot of what we see, and I think there are a couple of reasons for that. I think the biggest barrier to having really great regular team gatherings, whether those are offsites or retreats or strategy days, whatever you want to call them, is time and expertise. So it takes about 160 hours to organize an offsite at the moment, which is mad, right? I mean, it's a huge amount of time. Um, and we were just you know, chatting about the fact that it's a largely thankless task because the strategic impact of it is is pretty much invisible, right? But there's an expertise piece of it as well, right? If you really want to achieve something with your offsites, be that increasing connection and belonging or maybe like closing a knowledge gap in the business or something cultural that you want to achieve you can't just chuck everyone in the same place and expect that all of that will happen because it won't right it needs a certain amount of, of crafting around it um and so i think there are a couple of options right there's either you have someone really keen in the business to sort of organize it themselves. And then it very quickly becomes their full-time job managing a lot of different stakeholders. And maybe some of this is, is new to them. So it's, it's pretty difficult or you outsource it to a company that, that will do it all for you. And I think that can be a really good option, but it's a pretty expensive option. Um, and one of the things that, you know, we're working with a lot of businesses that are scaling, and they want to use off-sites much more strategically, not as these sort of one-off transactional events like the summer party or the you know the Christmas do or something like that, but much more strategically to keep that team cohesion together over the course of the year. Now, if they're doing that and they're doing more of those events. You need it to take a lot less time. You need it to be a lot simpler, and you don't want to be paying someone else to do it the whole time because otherwise, it's just going to become a huge line item on your overheads, which you you don't want it to be, right? So, I think it's about simplifying some of that process a little bit. So, what are the main things to to keep in mind when you're organizing an offsite? heading towards those and being laser focused on what it is that you want to achieve and getting the right support in the right places to help you.
1: That's really interesting um, and a few things we can kind of dig into. Do you see when people are you know, planning off sites that they really have like an outcome in mind or they just think it's something they should do because you know other companies do it and it seems like a fun time. Do you, do you get a lot of people coming to you saying this is what we want to achieve or do you have to walk them through that process? Is, is that Um, something that people typically don't really think about?
0: Yeah, I'd say typically there's a bit of coaching involved. (laughs) So I think a lot of it starts with a very valid gut feeling from someone senior in the business. So sometimes that might be the founder, the CEO, the people that we're mostly talking to are the senior operational leaders. So your COOs, chiefs of staff, right? And there's a there's a real gut feeling we need to get people together. Usually if you dig into that gut feeling a little bit by asking a few kind of coaching questions, you can work out why that is. So it may be a sense that, um, it may be very real data that they know that engagement is down in their team. Um, it may be, and this is the most common for us, the team has expanded. And so a lot of people have never met each other because they're tech-focused companies, they've got a distributed team, they've got talent from all over the world, which is amazing. So they've got these high performers who love their autonomy, love their flexibility, and you need to make sure you bring those people in culturally so they feel enough shared purpose to go and like execute when they're working remotely, right? And, and execute to really like high standard. Um, so a lot of the time with the people we're talking to on the surface of it, it is connection and belonging. That's why we want to be together in the same place. If you then dig into it, the reasons for that are usually changes in the team. So that may be growth or indeed sometimes at the moment that may be reduction, which is obviously like a a slightly harder thing to do. Um, occasionally there are conflicts between teams and actually taking people away onto some sort of neutral territory and building a program to really help them to understand each other better and build some deeper connections is that that's quite a specific one. Um, And then what I always like to do is ask people the two sides of the equation, right? What are the challenges that you're really hoping to solve or at least go on a journey to improving engagement, you know, values alignment, whatever it is. And what are the opportunities that you see from getting people together? And typically that requires a little bit more of a chat. But for example, I had a conversation with an amazing customer the other day. And she said, I have a feeling that we've got loads of really valuable frontline customer information that is not making its way up through the business. So when we're planning our strategy, we're missing some key parts. Um, And she's like, do you think that could be helped by being together? And I was like, if you have a wonderful facilitator, you could do a whole session on bubbling up some of those real kind of customer pieces of feedback and thoughts and insights from the team so that your CEO can hear it. And that is really special because obviously you could try and do that digitally but you really have someone's attention you have the senior leadership's attention as well as the whole of the organization when you're in that space together and if you've got someone who can utilize that suddenly the innovation that you're seeing the effectiveness of your strategy for your business all of those things can can be affected pretty massively right
1: Talentful provides flexible recruiting solutions to the world's most ambitious companies Are you thinking about ways to add flexibility to your talent function? With recent market volatility and hiring set to return to growth mode in the near future there's never been a better time to choose the right partner to help you scale Talentful's embedded sourcing, recruiting, coordination and talent advisory services have been trusted by the world's leading brands companies such as Atlassian, Microsoft, Expedia, Pinterest, Waymo and more. Whether you're hiring across engineering, go-to-market or G&A, Talentful has got you covered. To find out how Talentful can help you, visit talentful.com. Yeah, it sounds like so so a lot of it is really, you know, seems like culture engagement focus, but then you can dive into very specific outcomes yeah. um, of real world problems, which is is really cool. Um, you know, we talked about the challenges and, you know, what people kind of typically use off-sites for. Do you have kind of a, a framework or kind of tips that kind of must be done to create a great off-site experience? Yes. Um, <laughs> and could you talk for it? I can imagine you have some strong opinions here.
0: So... I think always encourage people to think about three different elements because they're really important for creating the kind of environment that you want that's actually going to achieve your goals, right? Um, So I guess on the top of all of it, before we get into those three elements, exactly what you said, what are the outcomes that you're hoping for? Set some goals. It doesn't have to be like I want to increase engagement by X percent, but for example, we we worked with tax scouts uh, last month and they had three very clear goals, right? One was we want to increase the um, connection between the, the team members because many of them have never met before. So it's like, right, familiarity of team. That's something we want to look at. The second one was clarity of values. How many people are actually clear about what was going on in the organization? Okay, so set a benchmark for that and we can see what it is afterwards. And the third one was around like the big picture strategy because they got an incoming CEO. So it's very important that everyone heard that, where the business was going, what that North Star is, getting a sense of communal um, drive towards those kind of goals. So those are three things that are really easy to measure, right, with survey with questions, like super simple. But if she hadn't set them before she went in, she wouldn't have known what the outcome was. But it was it was pretty impressive, I have to say. I mean, they're an amazing team. Um, So that was the baseline there. We were like, what are you trying to achieve? Set some goals. And then the three big elements that we thought about were number one is the environment that you're in. Lots of people, especially if they have office space, are really worried about spending extra money on going off site somewhere, which I totally understand, right? That's a big cost. What you have to weigh up is that if you bring people into a space where they typically do their day-to-day task-focused work, they are going to think in a task-focused way. So if you want them to access the, 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 the parts of team performance that are actually boosted by being together, so a lot of that is around creative ideation, so pulling all those ideas in, psychological safety and trust building and learning new things. But you put them in the environment where they're used to checking their emails and taking calls, being constantly distracted, you are not going to get them in that flow state focusing on the areas that you want them to focus on. It's, it really matters. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about a study that happened in the US around the impact of simply being in an awe-inspiring building on the quality of thinking and an outcome Outcome the outcomes that came from that. So then the past tense. Um, and it was extraordinary. Like we we're really impacted by by the environment we're in. And um, what we have in our marketplace is we specialize in venues that are out of cities. So easily accept accessible from uh, an international airport, for example, because we've got distributed teams coming in, but they're in nature. They're in surroundings that are inspiring, but also different from the normal environments that we're in when we're doing our kind of day-to-day work. So environment is a big one. The second one is programming, thinking about how you want to spend the time. Um, I would say the majority of people are very sensitive about how much time people are taking away from their families, which is great. And that is a big Move forward, I think, and and another caring responsibilities they may have. But the temptation then is to pack that agenda from eight o'clock in the morning until like ten, eleven o'clock at night and and have no breaks. And humans cannot concentrate for that long. So we give people guidance about like what does a good program look like? And you know having those open ninety minute sessions and saying you can put your content here, Have an experience here, have some optional, you know, physical and artistic experiences here for your team, right, to cater for different people. But an understanding of what a well paced program looks like over the course of a couple of days is like a really, really great starting point. So I think that's really important. Um, And the last thing is sort of experience, which I think is perhaps a bit more ephemeral, but What are the little things that you can do to make your team feel really welcome? And that is not paying a huge amount of money necessarily to have a big keynote speaker or something massive. They can be tiny, tiny little things that are personalized for people or maybe something that's related to the place that you're in, something that is memorable and makes people feel like the warm fuzzies right so they go away it's like wow that was a thing that i remember and i remember experiencing it with that team and that goes a really long way to contributing to shared values and purpose and actually the willingness to solve the really tough problems when people have that memory it's amazing how much further they will go to make
1: that team succeed yeah i love that so you know you got to get your goals sorted first environment programming and experience are the key areas what one question i did have is is what are your thoughts on like a facilitator for the event because I've run events before where we've tried to use someone already existing in the business versus like an external facilitator or kind of, you know, a, some kind of coach or, or mentee or something. And I, I feel it always works better with someone external, like objective. I mean, do you have any opinions on, on that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, I think there's the practicalities of it and the impact piece of it, um, I agree with your assessment. I think having an external facilitator to guide the experience basically just means that everyone can participate. As soon as someone has to facilitate, even if you're um, t- switching that responsibility between people for different sessions, you've still got someone who is in charge of the running order right, of the, of the day and making sure that everyone is there where they should be and that things are things are in place. That person cannot participate in your offsite at all. Because their brain is on something else. They're they're task focused again. That's where they're going. So you will miss their input. And I think that is a shame for the person who doesn't get to do it. We um, having said that, I mean, we have a um on the practical side of things, we've got an amazing guy in our community called Arta who helps people to do training right so we've got a little virtual training that we offer for people which is one-to-one called the art of facilitation so if you are going to do it yourself you at least have someone who can you can share the program with who can take you through pointers about how to do different things and create really engaging sessions and manage it really well and make everyone you know feel really included but you are giving up that person's input so it's it's weighing it up i would say it depends on for me i would make the decision based on the goals that i had for the offsite so if there was something that were really really important that we get right be that some conflict resolution or be that because it's actually part of our strategic planning process for the year something that was like high stakes i would always have a facilitator every single day of the week, every single day. Um, If you say you are bringing your team together every quarter, which we work with some companies that do that, I would probably intersperse it with someone having a go at doing some facilitation themselves internally. So for the big one, you would have, right, okay, maybe this is our strategic planning, we're having a facilitator. The next quarter we're going to think about innovation and creativity actually i might have someone internally who'd be facilitating that and maybe we bring in um someone to run a specific workshop that could just take a portion of the time away from them so they could participate um but yeah i think you've got to flex it depending on the impact that you want to have and the contribution that you want to have from the team
1: makes total sense and and what do you see in terms of is there a a size that a company gets to where it makes sense going from having the whole company at these kind of offsites to separating into specific teams? Or is that really just an objective thing again? Um, And is there a size where it just gets too big to have the whole team to an offsite together? I I guess, do you have any opinions on that?
0: I think beyond a certain size, it's no longer an offsite as an event.
1: It's a party. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And and that's absolutely fine and by the way you can also have meaningful sessions within that that you will break people out for right, if you wanted a sort of multi-day experience or something along like that. so it's not to say you can't do it but there's you know there's a reason why you know dunbar's number exists there are a certain number of people who we can actually interact with and have valuable conversations with and 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 get and get a really kind of good output out of that and really connect with so I think that is really valuable to, to use. If you look at a lot of um, people who run workshops, they will say, I can do it up to probably, you know, it'll range between, you know, up to sort of 15 to 25 people. And beyond that, it changes. And that's okay. But then you have to bring another facilitator in and you have to change that dynamic. And I've been in really great workshops where there have been many more people than that. And we've been split into sort of groups like design thinking workshops and stuff. It's not that it isn't valuable, but you have to think very carefully then about how you're making the connections between people and how that relates to your goals.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So if, if you don't want to do kind of breakout sessions, but you want one group that is connecting together and working together on a particular goal, kind of that 15 to 20 level is probably as big as you want to get. Yeah, I think you can take that to small. 30.
0: So I would say okay. typically, so the businesses that we work with, again, most of them are sort of Series A plus, Series A to going into Series B. They're tech businesses, so they're generally not like super people heavy. And so generally we'll see like whole companies of between 30 people and 150 people. And with that, that's a really nice flexible amount, right? There's actually lots that you can do with that. Equally obviously if you've got a management team or a leadership team, there's a lot that you can do with like six to eight people in a room if you really want to, you know, that that I've been on some incredible offsites that that are focused on that. Um, but yeah, if you want a whole company one, I think that's where the edges of that, I would say 120, 150, are where it starts to become a little bit trickier. And then I I think it's seriously worth considering having one all company event a year and then saying, right, what is it going to look like for employees then? Are we going to say that actually everyone should have something every six months? And so maybe we'll have functional um, offsites, right? In, In that midpoint in the year or whenever makes sense for us, if we've, you know, product team, we've got a release cycle or whatever, I think use that strategically, but the the senior leadership are going to come together every quarter because actually it's much more important that they're aligned and they have those opportunities to dig into creative ideation and build the psychological safety that it takes to make really big decisions because at the end of the day their opinion ends up driving the company right so that psychological safety needs to be really really high
1: yeah no makes sense and there was obviously a, over the last couple of years, many more companies have, have gone remote or you know highly distributed in multiple different locations. Are there kind of additional considerations that a company needs to think about because of that kind of dynamic? And are you seeing that change the way that off-sites are done or any complexity? Um, yeah, has, has that changed things from an off-site perspective?
0: The companies that were born remote and very intentionally so are way better at this than the companies that have had offices.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> um, imagine.
0: You know, if you look at the conversations at something like running remote and you see all these, you know, big companies like Automatic and, you know, various places that, that, that have had this throughout, they are so intentional about it because they know that working remotely remote first doesn't mean always working alone. It's just otherwise you could be working for any company honestly, around the world. And people do. It's They're in low switching costs as an employee, right? And so they tend to be very, very intentional with their gathering strategy. They have a gathering strategy for a start. Um, and depending on the size of the business and the nature of their business, that may be once a year, twice a year, quarterly. Um, there are also some really creative solutions I think they've come up with. So Um, There's one company that gives their employees basically a travel stipend specifically for local um, gatherings that they might want to go to. And that may be their immediate team, but it could also be regional. So you find people saying, oh, look, we're based in Spain. Let's all go and travel to Madrid, right? And have a really great experience there for for a week. And that is like a discretionary spend as long as they're doing it to travel to meet meet with the team for whatever reason it is. So they're trying to build up that culture and those bonds across different teams and across different levels through gatherings. So it's really interesting. I think... Yeah, they do tend to be a lot more intentional about it. I think those companies that have had an office and then really experience the talent benefits of a remote first sort of approach struggle with it a lot more because then it's like, well, how do I balance what we were and where we now have people and what this looks like for connection and belonging?
1: Yeah, and I guess you probably see companies that are remote, the frequency of these kinds of things is is much higher than an in-office company, would you say?
0: I think it depends on the company and what they feel their team needs. I think a lot of the time they really listen to their team about it a lot more. I think companies that have room, offices tend to be a little bit more relaxed about it because it's like, well, we've got a space. So if people want that, they'll self-organize and do it. I think the fact of the matter is that people don't self-organize around it. So if there's some sort of intentionality or this is the way that we do things here, Be that, you know, we expect you as a team leader to get your team together at least once every six months. And so, right, it becomes my responsibility. How am I going to do that? Do I want to do it in the office? Do I, you know, but with these sorts of goals in mind, I think there's a lot that falls on managers' shoulders these days. We ask them to do a colossal amount of work. And thinking through when exactly I last brought my team together and maybe why I should and how I do that. And, you know, that's that's a lot, I think, to put on a manager's plate. So a little bit of structural framework or guidance about it at the company level, I think is really helpful.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And one of the things I know that you're really kind of passionate about is being able to measure the success of offsites and gatherings, because that's something that historically I don't think has been done particularly well um and being able to see you know we have these goals like how how do we move the needle you know following this event can you talk to me a bit about how people should think about tracking those goals i mean at at work trip do you um you know have tools that you track those um things with yourself or or is it on the company to track like just talk to me a, a little bit about that and uh you know how how companies should do that
0: yeah, sure. So um, it's a big part of what we do <laughs> because ultimately, yes, obviously we want to save our um, retreat organizers, those senior operational folks all that time. Like no one should be spending 160 hours to organize an offsite, right? But it's really about understanding the impact that those gatherings have on team performance, which is the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, however much time you're spending on it, If you don't know that this is positively impacting the experience of your employees and therefore the team performance, it's almost wasted time and money, right? There's no insights that you can get from it. And we would never do that in any other part of our business. So it's a really big part of it for us. Um, And we guide people through. So based on your goals, what are the things that we want to measure? And these are done in really super simple surveys. I mean, we're talking like, maximum 10 multiple choice questions, right? So it's it's really, really easy to do. When we did this with tax scouts, uh, I think Paula said, is one of my customers, she's like, I've never had this higher response rate to a survey ever in my life. I was like, well, people are motivated, right? And the reason for that is they know then why they're gathering. You're communicating that to the team up front. So it's not like we just haven't met for a while. Let's all just go and do it. It's like, these are the things that we really want to get out of this and this is why we want to do it and and thank you for your commitment. Setting people up for that, asking them those really simple questions before and afterwards so you can see how those things have shifted. So for them, it was familiarity of the team, it was clarity of the values and the big picture vision, right? Super, super easy to see those jumps, which were massive, which was great. But then we also layer in some really simple questions that judge some really um, universal team performance metrics, right? So those combined look at the feeling of inclusion in that team. And so that's, if you think about it as like a quadrant axis, that's about how much I can be myself and how much I'm accepted. So if you map those two questions together, you can see where people are feeling included, right? Where that. The next one is around team performance, and that is a productivity versus quality matrix. How much do we get done as a team? What is the quality of the output that we create as a team? Again, that gives you a really, really indication—a good indication of where people think they are. Like we get a load done, but the quality is rubbish, you know, or our quality is really high, but actually we're you know, we're probably going a little bit slower and you won that sweet spot in between. And the last one is around commitment. And this is a really interesting one because what it maps is motivation. So I'm really motivated by the goals I have for the next quarter, for example, because no one's looking further forward than that. So I'm really motivated to achieve the, the team goals that we have for the next quarter. And I believe that we have the skills to be able to achieve those goals. And that combined, you get the commitment of people to actually achieving it. So when you start to look at those three quadrants next to each other, you get a really good picture of kind of what's going on in that team and maybe where the areas are that need a bit more support. And that's really valuable if you're a senior operational or HR talent leader, right? Because you can use that and say, okay, there's already really interesting insights that we've got Either there was a big shift in the offsite, which, okay, amazing, let's let's look at why that may have occurred and we can have some learnings for next time, or there are still these gaps here. And actually, if we're thinking about our learning and development, how do we then feed that in and say, okay, next time we do an offsite, I want to see that performance quadrant, you know, a lot better, a lot more positive
1: along that, that curve. And I guess um... – for people thinking about this and thinking about, you know, okay, we've got these goals and we think offsites can really make an impact in achieving those goals. You know, I'm guessing, and this is my assumption, maybe I'm wrong, one offsite isn't going to do it. Like how, maybe it'll make it an impact, but is there a kind of time frame or a period or a certain amount of offsites that people should be, you know, gathering that data and letting, um, letting things take their course and then reviewing after a certain time period? Do you recommend... Anything along those lines, or is it just like one event and you can see a difference?
0: So, with one event, you can see a difference. But the question is how long-lasting that is, because I mean, we really see these offsites as this is your this is your turbo charge, right? If you think about this at the beginning of your quarter, you're like, Whoo! and suddenly all those metrics go on and everyone's super engaged. That is only going to last a certain amount of time. Right, unless something massive happens in your company and that will affect engagement all over the place. And I'm sure you see that a lot, right? But all things being going roughly more or less to plan, that motivation cut is gonna is gonna start dropping down again, right? So I think it's really about understanding your team and what that looks like. If that comes down again every kind of quarter and can again, depends on the size of your team, consider doing them every quarter, especially if you have no other social or opportunities to interact between that, right? If you are pretty much remote most of the time, that's a, quarterly is a really nice way to do it. If you feel that that's interrupting business flow, then you don't do it quarterly, right? And so then you would say, okay, again, I'm gonna have a quarterly meeting of my senior leadership team and I'm gonna track that, but every six months or a year, we're gonna have the whole team and we're also tracking that. And then you start seeing some interesting comparative data between teams that are doing it. So you can get that information without always thinking about having the next offsite, right? And I think that's really important. Like these should be strategic vehicles that really work hard for your business. And if you are taking a load of operators and constantly trying to put them into scenarios where they're doing creative ideation and then, you know, that's going to really disrupt their flow of work. And actually you're going to, they're going to start rating your productivity is going down, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm a really big believer in the power of sites. And I've, you know, this conversation has actually made me really excited to start planning some more. So, um, Thanks a lot for that, Sally. Where can people find you? How can they get in touch? Uh, can you maybe do what a few that? uh shouts? Let, let me yeah. do the
0: plug. Yeah. So we yeah, exactly. are, yeah. we're work trip with two Ps, worktrip.com. So uh, if you just go into Google Type us in you'll find us. You can find me on LinkedIn. I hang out there a lot. So Sally Page on LinkedIn. Um yeah, and you know, we would love to hear from you You can go on and check out what we do and what we have but equally if you just want to send me a message and book a time to chat then uh, please don't be shy just reach out
1: awesome well thanks a lot for your time sally
0: thank you